We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. The last podcast that you're going to hear before camp week. Oh, my goodness. We made it. We're in one piece, barely, uh, after quite a summer. Um, so we thought we'd end the summer, even though the summer's kind of been over for a little while. But, you know, it, it feels like a symbolic end. Uh, we'd end with a bang by bringing on Michael Scotto. Um, Michael Scotto, of course, who is the lead writer for Hoops Hype, which if you're an NBA fan and you, yeah, if just, if you're an NBA fan, you know what Hoops Hype is and you before, before the, the glorious days of Twitter, uh, who amongst us didn't go to Hoops Hype during like the early days of July and like click refresh several times, uh, you know, in a, several times a minute, geez, when things were crazy, but yeah. So Mike came on, um, we touched on a lot of stuff. Uh, he, Shed some nice insight, I will say, on some stuff that he has heard around the league. Uh, he talks to a lot of executives. He just dropped a very good piece in which he polled 15 executives uh, in regards to the best young talent in the NBA. So we talk about that piece, we talk about Randall, Cam Reddish, some other things. All good stuff. You're going to enjoy it. So stay tuned for that interview coming up right now. 
joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast, a returning guest. He doesn't cover the Knicks. Not a Nick fan or anything, but I don't know that we have many guests on here who are more of a New Yorker than this man. <laughs> and I'm reminded of that every time I see his background for when he steps <laughs> in front of the mic for these for these podcasts. Let, the Staten Islander in me is going to come out because I hear him talk and then he, it's just it's going to be a whole thing. Michael Scotto of Hoopside. Hello, sir. How are you? Hey, I'm I'm doing well. Uh, yeah, there, there doesn't get much more of a Brooklyn Italian accent than mine. Um, you know, Staten Island got some cousins out there, so all good. And um, yeah, looking forward to being back uh, with the season coming up soon. Media days around the corner. And yes, I'll make some trips to MSG for sure. Looking forward to that. Um, hopefully, you know, we all go back to normal. That'd be nice. Yeah, that, that would be nice. I'm what... Are you allowed to live in New York and not have a cousin in Staten Island? I think if you are, if you live in the five boroughs or have ever lived in the five boroughs, you have a cousin in Staten Island. That's a that's a New York law. It has well, to. It's, it's funny because everybody says, you know, how far are you away from your family and 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 things like that. And I'm just like, well, all the town, everybody in Brooklyn, we just walk where we got to go to see them. They're not that far away. Like when. So, you know, Staten Island, that's different. You know, I got I to pay the toll to go out there. It's like, yeah, I love you so much as my family that I pay to go see you over this this bridge. I guess, let's say you go over a bridge. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. a, a very quick aside. We so we live in uh, in Carroll Gardens and like it, you, you live know. in Carroll Gardens. You did not know this. Oh, this is group life. I'm in Cobble group. Hill. How do we not cross paths? This is I'm on. I'll, I, I've said it before, so I can say it here. I'm on and yeah. <laughs> I will definitely not say where I live, but I'm very close. <laughs> I'm very Starman. close. I will tell you that. Um, and I will definitely good... bleep as I usually do. John saying his address from. Why? The I've had I've had some good neighbors. I've had uh, Kenny Atkinson lived on my block. Um, okay. The uh, who else? Jalil Okafor lived in uh, very close by. Shabazz Napier. Um, probably hanging out with all these guys relatively close used to be jared allen um okay a little bit more uh towards barclay center but i was not about bad. to say yeah yeah kenny used to walk to the arena um he used to tell me which i think is hilarious but um that's a good like 25 minute walk but good yeah. for him uh, yeah no it's good Good little bit of exit i i brought it up because i was gonna say like you know you everybody you know is within walking distance like there's there's new Cobble Hill, Carroll Gardens, and then there's old Cobble Hill, Carroll Gardens. And like you walk around this area and you see those people who have been a part of the Fabrica community for like 30, 40 years. They're not going nowhere. They all their family lives within a five block radius. So it's great. It's great stuff. Yeah. All right, we're off to a rousing start uh, for our <laughs> NBA conversation. Uh, so we, 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 we were making light of it before we started recording. It's been an interesting offseason. Um, involving some teams in the Atlantic division uh, it, that have had, I think, especially with everything going on in Boston now with yeah. news continuing to trickle out and with the suspension being handed down, the, the sorts of off seasons that maybe the Knicks have been known for in the past. And here are the Knicks. And yeah, did they, were they kind of in this Donovan Mitchell thing and they didn't end up getting him and there was some, discussion about what maybe did go down or didn't go down with that whole thing. Sure. But for the most part, 
I don't know. It's been a it's been a normal offseason, especially in comparison to again the team that plays down the road from us here in, in Brooklyn and then in Boston. Um, I don't know. What are your overall impressions of New York's offseason? Let's start there. My my thoughts, Jonathan, is that I think it was very much a, a Knicks offseason. You know, once again, they got linked to a star player and they didn't end yeah. up getting him. But I think for the Knicks, and I've said this to other people, um, the Knicks draft picks, right? The unprotected picks. Yeah. I think that those were more valuable than Cleveland's picks because Cleveland is a team that already has three core guys that are all-star caliber players, and they weren't going to be most likely at best, maybe just inside the lottery, barely like last year. Those guys are ascending. They're rising. They're not uh, taking a step back. So I thought the Knicks picks would have been worth more. Um, And I'll say this. If if Quentin Grimes is not Allen Houston or something, right? Let's just say that. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of like when they were haggling over Mello and Timothy. They're like, we're not moving Timothy. Timothy, baby. And I'm just Can't like, guys, it's, it's like, if you, okay, if you kept Quentin Grimes, plays the same position as Donovan Mitchell. So, I mean, that was one way I looked at it. Another way was... I thought Donovan Mitchell would have been a good, maybe number two, but it would have been a step in the right direction, I thought, because I think Jalen, when he was with the Dallas Mavericks, Jalen Brunson showed that he could be a number two in the playoffs. I don't, I wouldn't bank on that here. I think, you know, being with Luca helped, but I think he's like a fine, maybe third guy. Julius Randle could be a third guy. RJ Barrett can be a third guy on a, on a championship team. This is what I always, this is how I always viewed teams. And when I talk to like executives around the league, they view guys as what they could be on a championship team. Cause that's what everybody's trying to get to at some point. Um, and so I think with, with Donovan, that was the one that, that, that got away. I, I think Actually, I won't say I think. In talking with a lot of executives, the New York Knicks were the preeminent favorite to get Donovan Mitchell. And the fact that they didn't uh, surprise some people around the league. Some weren't because once uh, it got leaked about who was doing the negotiations and things like that, like it just seemed like the further this went along, there was more room for it to fall apart. And it did. It got close and then it fell apart. Um, I think... The R.J. Barrett extension, one, I think, sets uh, it does a couple things. It sets the table for Tyler Hero. Uh, Tyler Hero now has to look at that extension and try to get that, if not more, I think. Two, um, I think that for the Knicks, when it got announced, like right after the Donovan Mitchell trade got reported, uh, the timing of that, I, I didn't think was necessarily ideal. Um, I- it was within three minutes, I believe. The tweet was officially it, it, it was it? it was so cheeky to me. It was unbelievable. It's, but a, kind, it's a kind word. I think uh, Jalen Brunson. I think is a fine point guard. I think he's one of the better point guard additions they've had. What I would say to you, and I've said this to a lot. Of, I've said this to a lot of people, and other executives will say this. Um, he got paid a little bit more than I think we all thought. You know, at a certain point, we were thinking and talking with execs and even myself, 22 million, maybe 
all right, maybe 25, maybe. Then as the playoffs got on, by the time he got what he got now, yeah. we were like, wow. And so I, I really think with that, uh, Isaiah Hartenstein, I thought was a fine addition for them. Love Hartenstein um, here. He's, he's a little bit underrated. For Knicks fans that don't know, he's a really good passer. Yep. Isaiah. Oh, they know if they listen to the show. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. I mean, he's a really good passer. I think he's an excellent backup big and he'll compliment Mitchell Robinson. Well, they bring back Mitchell Robinson. I thought he, he got maybe 2 million more than I thought. Fair deal. Um, but he's got to stay out of foul trouble. And like, I would love to see him really uh, realize his potential. I feel like he's been a guy that's kind of been on this type of trajectory from his rookie year. It's just been like a leveling out. It's almost like a monotone voice. Doesn't go high, doesn't go too low. It's just stagnant. It's actually um, not a terrible compliment. Yeah, he's but but he it he it like there's highs, there's lows, but when the aggregate is is kind of at the end you look at it and you like yeah. kind of monotone. And, and I think, you know, for the Knicks, they're kind of in this in-between of You've got some really good young guys. Obi Toppin, I think, showed at the end of last year when he had a, a larger role, he can do more. Um, but he's never going to get that opportunity with Julius Randle there. Not not big minutes. Um, you know, Emmanuel quickly, fine microwave kind of score off the bench. You know, Quentin Grimes, really good shooter, um, good defensive guy. Tibbs doesn't usually like rookies like that, so the fact that he does like him like that, I think, is interesting. Um, you know, Cam Reddish kind of falling off the grid a little bit. Oh, I want to uh, get back to him. Yeah. Oh, oh I'm sure we will. Um, I, you know, I, I thought he would have a larger role when he got here, but it, it never materialized. And I'm trying to think, am I missing? Uh, yeah, did beside, you mention quickly? Beside the Barrett extension. Am I missing any other moves that we, I'm forgetting? No. Off the top of my head? no, no, no other moves. No it, other it moves was, this summer. It was a fine, I think it was a fine off season. I just think that, um, if they would have gotten Donovan Mitchell, you know, with the Knicks, I feel like some people would criticize the Knicks. Well, wow, they gave up too much. Yeah. Okay. Now they didn't get him. Ah, they didn't get him either. And it's like, well, you, you got to pick one side of the coin. Now, I think again, those picks would have been more uh, valuable from the Knicks. So they, I mean, they had a stance on it, you know. And and I've been asked kind of. I feel like I'm going on a tangent, but I feel no, like, no, because I, I want to get back to all this stuff. But keep going. I, I know, like people be like, "Oh, well, what about who's the next guy? You know, who's the next guy they're going to look at?" And, and and some people have mentioned to me, and I talk about this with Stefan Bondi at the New York Daily News on on the Hoops Hype podcast. Shea Gilders Alexander comes up, and I'm just saying to him, and I'll say it to you, your audience as well. I don't get it. I don't get the Shea Gilders Alexander hype because one Shea just signed a large extension with the Oklahoma City Thunder, which five years, no player option is literally just kicking in whatever in a a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Like Sam Presti mentioned it in a press conference that he did there. And I just feel like in in talking with those guys in OKC, it's like we they have no urgency to trade him at all. Um, Their stance is he's a guy that's a core guy that they're going to build with going forward. And on top of that, Jonathan, that you know, the Chet Holmgren injury hurts. They know that that is going to set them back this year. Shea Gilders Alexander already got hurt. 
you know, we don't know if he's going to be ready for the start of season yet. They're going to have to reevaluate him after a grade two uh, sprain. I forget uh, what body part it was. I'd have to look back at. The, I think it's, I know it's the bottom half of the body. I believe it is. Yeah. I think it's an MCL and, or some, and, some combination of letters. Yeah. Like and so it's like, if you're the, I don't really know where, where's this next star. I think you have to wait a little. Um, I kind of always wondered, I don't think this would happen, but like, you know, would you ever trade all those picks and try to get Kevin Durant? But it won't happen. It won't happen. I, it, I don't think. Talk about. It. I think there's a more a better likelihood they'll trade those picks to get to get you um, to suit up for them at, at uh, starting <laughs> small forward. I I'm gonna let's work backwards because you mentioned SGA and I get the SGA um, stuff. Obviously, sitting here in my position a lot as well, and I have the same response as you. And like, I thought Presty's answer to the when he for his media day questioning today was like. Are those appropriate. It's like there. It it feels to him. He was for anybody who didn't hear it or read yeah. it. Basically, he's like, you know, Donovan Mitchell got traded, so people are looking for okay. Well, who's the next star who's going to get traded? And because he got traded or he got put on the block, now it's like, oh well, let's go talk about this guy. Meanwhile, there's no basis in fact for why they would trade him. And to me, it's like okay, if he asked out. I guess that's one thing, but we just saw to you mentioned Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant asked out; he didn't get traded. So, you know, obviously, there's limits to how how much a guy is going to be able to get moved, even if he wants well, out. And like, you, but you know yeah. whose fault that is, Jonathan? Who? That's Rudy Gobert's fault. Well, because Rudy Gobert, you ask any executive around the NBA, Rudy Gobert screwed up the trade market, and he's and, and I'll tell you right now. Uh, from a Knicks perspective, he slowed up the market for Donovan Mitchell because they once the Utah Jazz got those boatload of draft picks uh, from the Minnesota Timberwolves, their stance was, OK, we think Donovan Mitchell is better, if not on par with Rudy Gobert. So you got to come with that type of deal like that set the market. Let alone the, you know, this was even after like the DeJounte Murray trade. They thought, you know, people thought all oh, the Hawks might have gave up a little too much there. <laughs> That's nothing compared to the Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Um, you know, I've got cousins in Minnesota and I think Tim Connolly was trying to put them in the deal too, um, for Rudy Gobert personally, you know, they're in cottage Grove in Minnesota, but, uh, last I checked, I don't think they got included in the trade, but it's unbelievable. And then, and then you go to the, the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes and that got, uh, you know, stretched. And then if you're the nets, like, you know, with Sean Marks, it's like, uh, you know, Mike, I, I, I can't do it. I can't take these scallywags. You know, you don't want to give up, Jer- you know, you don't want to give up Jaron Jackson. That's impressive. You, you That's impressive. Give, you don't want to give up um, Desmond Bain. You know, I John Moran. I, I, I can't go to Josiah. I can't do it. I can't do it, mate. You know, it's, and I love Sean. Like, Sean's a good guy. Like, he, you know, if he ever saw this, he probably laughed and I was like, I'm being cheeky. Um, Is that I, word again? Cheeky. We're already off the rails. Let me try to bring us back. Yeah, no, just on the SGA, <laughs> the SGA thing. Like I've said it to, you know, to our listeners, like yeah. if you are Sam Presti and you do wake up one morning and be like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and trade Shigellis Alexander. Like, why would you trade him for a grab bag of picks and like non, no doubt about it, young players when you already have a nice, a really nice collection of picks and, you know, yeah. We sub, no doubt about it. Young but, but players. Yeah, like Jonathan, the yeah. other thing is like if, if Knicks fans thought that the Utah package was going to be too oh. much for Donovan Mitchell, what do you think for Sam sure. Presti would want for Shea Gilders Alexander on a five year deal? I, yeah. It's just the optics of it to me. We're like I I I, I, I never really about? I never really got that. And I think maybe I'm I'm actually I hopeful that 
mm. that noise goes away after his press conference today. And like, yeah, I don't see that was part of for me. Right. Like, I, I think I was in a little bit of minority amongst Nick fans in terms of the Mitchell thing, because I, I was very open and upfront about it that I wanted Mitchell. I was like, I think they need to get him with the price that it would have ended up costing him. Would I have wanted them to pay that price? No, but at the same time, I look, I look around at the market and like, yeah, you could say there's always going to be another star, but is it going to be the star that's on the Knicks timeline? And is right. it going to be a star that kind of, you know, did, was Mitchell a perfect fit? No, but did he, you know, did he, did he slide into a position on the team? I thought yes. he would have been at 25. I think he's, you know. He's oh, no, the, the age, I think, would have been fine. I think yeah. the, the fit issues with Brunson, you know, you have some concerns about how to build out the rest of your team. I think those are valid. Um, but to the first, the very first point you made, I, I said it months ago. I said, I think that I thought the Nest, the Knicks best, best asset, so to speak, in the, in the trading negotiations was their own organizational incompetence in the past, because you look at that and you say, well, you know, what are the odds that those picks are going to be good? And if you go by the last 20 years, you would think, like you said, you'd rather have those picks than the picks of a team with three, you know, young all-stars or soon to be all-stars. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Smooth Sack Summer is slowly coming to an end, fellas. If you haven't been scaping for the summer sun, it's not too late to sweep your sack of those pesky pubes. As summer comes to an end, keep your boys clean and fresh just in time for fresh ball fall. The leader in below-the-waist grooming is here to make sure your pubes feel smoother than a beach ball and smell fresher than your girl's pumpkin spice. Start the new season the right way and join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code FILMSCHOOL at manscaped.com. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 has everything you need to keep your sweet, sweet sack in check. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear Hair and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a Travel Bag to hold all your goodies. Their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The 
Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel lock, and gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? Whether you're hopping in the shower or hitting up the lake, this razor will devour even the strongest pubes. Now that your sack is smooth, lather up with Manscaped's liquid formulations to get that fresh ball fall freshness with the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant to stay cool in the heat. Their soothing aloe vera formula is the best in the business for below-the-waist freshness, and the clear drying formula keeps your sack looking and smelling good. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. That'll bring your comfort to another level at home and on the go. Keep yourself groomed from head to toe with their Shears 2.0, a luxury nail grooming kit. This kit includes stainless steel nail cutters, tweezers, and grooming scissors. With the performance package, your balls will be ready to impress, but make sure you cover the rest with the Shears 2.0. Don't hesitate. Get 20% off and free shipping with code FILMSCHOOL at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off and free shipping with the code FILMSCHOOL at manscaped.com. Keep things smooth and fresh as we say sayonara to smooth sack summer and hello to fresh ball fall. Good transition because you mentioned the RJ Barrett extension. Yeah. Um, you recently put out a piece for Hoops. I, I loved it uh, in which I guess you or, or folks at Hoops, I uh, polled, what was it, 15 execs around the league? Yeah, I, I did it. Yeah. You did it. Okay. So even better. I talked to the man himself and you, it was basically a ranking of you asked 15 execs ranked one through five. Yep. Who do you want to build your team around? Everybody uh, that was 24 and under. Yeah. 24 and under. And there were four, I believe 14 different 13 or 14 players who received at least one vote. Yep. And, you know, I thought it was an appropriate representation of the pecking order of the best young quote unquote young players yeah. In the NBA, um, you know, Luke is number one and like it goes down from there. Yeah. And like those are all if they're not max guys already, like with the even with like the last guy on the list, Halliburton, like Halliburton's getting a max. Right. If you, if you had to bet right now. Uh, man, if it, uh, circle back with me on that one. I, okay. I don't know about a max. That, to me, that's a lot. But I mean. Usually they get it when they are younger. I thought like the top three, like Luca this year was a unanimous choice. Last year he was not. Last year one exec actually voted for Lamelo Ball number Over one. Over Luca, wow! And I was shocked. But you know, then he told me the, the reasoning, and I was like, ah, to each their own. Tatum, Jason Tatum was number two. Um, John Moran was three. I thought that all made sense. Where I think the board shifted. Comparative to last year was Evan Mobley finished fourth and Anthony Edwards finished fifth. Um, I was shocked Mobley was ahead of Edwards. I'll be honest. I I mean, I think, you know, some people questioned where was Zion Williamson, but a lot of executives were worried about his health. Yeah, which is reasonable. Um, Scotty Barnes at seven, I thought was interesting because I think Scotty is a really good complimentary piece, but I don't think he's necessarily a focal point of a team. He's very versatile forward and can do a lot of things, but I, I thought that was interesting. Then LaMelo came in at eight. Uh, the other surprise was Trey Young was ninth. And Tied for I, ninth with Garland, right? Yeah, I think. And, yeah. I, and I thought that that was a surprise because Trey Young, you look at his numbers, man, sensational. Um, 
you know, scoring the ball, efficient from the field, from three, gets, you know, nine assists a game, something like that. I mean, Trey, I just think that was a product of the Hawks, maybe underwhelming, but I don't think that was Trey Young's fault, um, personally. I mean, my two cents on Trey Young, I do think, I think it's an interesting question because it's like, if you have a guy whose ceiling is top five offensive player in the league, and I think there are probably some people who would argue he's a top five offensive player in the league, like right now, mm-hmm. if that's his ceiling, but his, but his ceiling on the other end is never going to be higher than like one of the five worst defensive players in the league. Like what, how do you reconcile that as far as determining your ceiling as a team? Yeah. And you know, where do you go if he is, if you, you know, you have to build around him, you have to leave him on the floor at all times. But I I guess you could quibble about the rankings. You could quibble about where some guys are like Darius Garland. Again, tied for ninth with Trey Young. Darius Garland just got a full max. Cade was 11. He's, I mean, barring something strange, he's probably going to wind up getting a max. Jalen Green, same thing. SGA was 13th, tied for 13th with Halliburton. SGA has a max. Halliburton, you say, okay, maybe Halliburton doesn't get the full max. Like, the whole RJ thing of it all, like, RJ didn't RJ didn't get the max. He got, you know, we got about a hundred million. I mean, I think the actual guaranteed number was like one Oh six. Right. Um, Which is a nice amount of money, but you know, it's not, it's not what you see from these level of young building block players. And this is not Leon Rose's opinion, or maybe you spoke to Leon Rose. uh, They're anonymous, but like, this is not explicitly Leon Rose's opinion. It's not explicitly Danny Ainge's opinion. This is 15, random executives around the league. And I just, I thought that was interesting because, you know, there are a lot of people who view RJ Barrett as like in the, like he should be as untouchable as let's say a Halliburton or an SGA or a Garland or some of the other guys, maybe on the bottom part of that list. And I, you know, I'll ask you like executives around the league, do they maybe see him as like one notch down from that or, or maybe something else? Well, first off, I thought, you know, the whole stuff about where he would be in the Utah stuff. I, I thought that was interesting, Jonathan. I, I To me, it, it surprised me that, um, you know, that was uh, a point of contention because I didn't get this. I heard mixed things on whether Utah really wanted him like that or not. Um as Some far as they they wanting him as far as for them versus to having flip him? to be okay. as far as him absolutely having to be in there like I think they would have took uh, picks in substitute for him if if he wasn't going to be in it I I agree but with that said I don't think obviously the Knicks wanted to do that either um, but like so what's the view of RJ around the league from executives I would say that. Is there a belief that like maybe he can make like an all-star team at some point? There are a few, but I do think some people uh, worry a little bit about athletically and the shot, his athleticism and his shot. Um, I think he's a fine building block, but I don't, he's not a franchise player. He is a guy that maybe can be an all-star at a certain point, but it's not a lock. And, I, and the East just got tougher now with that, with Donovan Mitchell coming and and whatnot yeah. too. So, yeah, I think Jonathan, I think you hit the point. Is that you know he didn't get a max contract, 
he got the 107, which is a fine number that's guaranteed, and he has incentives to build it up. But I think there's your answer. Um, you know, not only from the Knicks, but I think around the league, I don't think RJ would have got a max. But yeah. I mean, I mean, if you like really were trying to get him, you know, but I, you that's would, I do think there would would there have been one team because all takes is one, right? You know, we, we're yeah. with half the league projected to have cap space next summer. Is there one team that would have given him to him? I think there would have been, but obviously we don't know what he's going to do this year. So that's a little bit of like speculation. I, oh, uh, if I was hypothetically answering that, uh, I'd have to think about it because what's the, if you're an organization outside of New York where you drafted this guy, and I think he was the first guy to get a second deal since Charlie Ward, right? So first, first, first round pick to get a second deal because Mitch got the, yeah. the extension also. So, yeah, I mean, to me, that's, that's kind of where it begins and ends. Like, I, I think it was more value to him with the Knicks and the cap is expected to go up yeah. a large amount. So I think from their standpoint, um, the Knicks feel like he'll mature into that well. Um, but I will say they also thought that with Julius Randle. And to this point, Randle took a, a well, step back compared to his all-star season. He, he got back into old habits with turning the ball over, not being uh, as much of a passer. So I'm curious to see what and, and his three-point shooting went down a little bit. I'm curious to see what Julius Randle the Knicks get next year because truthfully that that's what matters. The thing I would say about Randall though is I don't think like with Julius Randall as your number one guy, um, you have a ceiling. And I thought the year that the Knicks had the four seed and it was the bubble, like that was the best case of the best cases of scenarios. And I, I just thought that that set unrealistic expectations. I, I believe that. And I, I think if you, Asked some people in that front office, they would have said the same thing, heart to heart. So now the expectation level recalibrates. And I'm curious to see, like with this Knicks team with Brunson and pretty much a lot of the core guys back, what are you now? Are you a 35-win team? Like what what is the the peak here? I mean, I that's interesting to me. I, you know, or we didn't mention it yet, but like earlier today, we're recording this on, on Thursday night, you know, Detroit made a trade. They traded for uh Boyan McDonovich. Like they're clearly going to make a run for the play-in in the East yeah. this year. I don't know how realistic that is, but like, you know, you, you'd said it, the East is a lot better. You mentioned Randall. I know you spoke again to Bondi about Randall a few weeks ago and you talked about how, executives around the league looked at his play last year and they were like, well, you know what, you know, about speculating basically about his attitude. And like, it was pretty clearly, you know, it's a guy that seems to wear his emotions on his sleeves. And, and we saw that with the thumbs down thing and the whole thing last year. Um, you mentioned also him getting back into old habits. Like the biggest question of the off season for me, pre Donovan Mitchell was, does the, does Julius Randle have any trade value around the league? And are the Knicks do the Knicks look at him at this point again with an extension that hasn't really even kicked in yet? It's, this is the first year of the extension. Do they look at him as someone that they already are thinking about moving on from? And it's funny. It's like we're three months later or three and a half months later. I still don't feel like I have a great answer 
to that. Other than that, like, yeah, do I think that they would move him in a deal that they liked? I think I, from what I understand, I think they would, but even that, like, what's a deal that they, they like. So I, I, I have you, you have, do you have any insight on anything else where, where Randall is concerned? I don't, you ask me if he has trade value. It's like, I don't know if he's considered a, a positive trade asset. I, 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 think, I don't think he is. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, but how negative would it be as a, uh, mm. well, I'll say this. I you know, he was never going to Utah. That never made sense in a rebuild. Um, you know, I, I think some people wondered like when the Knicks uh, were talking to Utah, if they were going to involve the Lakers in like a three-team trade with Westbrook going to uh, Utah and then getting waived and maybe Cam Reddish possibly going to the Lakers because they've liked him. Um, some people might have wondered, well, maybe could he go to LA or something like that? I, I didn't hear that. Okay. Um, so I, I don't really know who would be... I'll say this. I don't know who would give him as big a role as New York right now, to be honest, on a team. Like, even when he was with the Pelicans years ago, um, he didn't he didn't have like that type of role that he has with the Knicks. Um, so I, I think the best thing for both sides would be Julius. You know, I don't think the year he was an all-star, I think he was like 12, 24 and what, 11 or something, 10? He, uh, yes, he was. He was twenty four, eleven, and six, basically. Yeah, I, I, I think that was the peak. Um, oh, I think we could safely say that 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 he's and, not he's not but, getting above better than that would be first team All NBA, and I don't know yeah, if I foresee that. My, in the my whole thing is like what I thought was interesting. That Jonathan was they didn't have to give him an extension at that point. Yeah. They could have played a season out and. But don't you think they kind of not literally? They did, obviously they didn't have to. But once, because I don't a year ago, and correct me if I'm wrong, it felt like after his second team All NBA campaign, there was a lot of talk like, well, Julius could could enter the market in 20, I guess it would have been this summer, 2022, and maybe get a like a full max. Whereas he was only eligible at that point for the 20 percent raise, which there was a difference of uh, I don't know north of $50 million between those two numbers. I felt like at the time there was a sense like that he was willing to that, accept that like the max he could get then it would have been crazy for the Knicks or would have been I, at the time I would have certainly been like, wow, if he's willing to take that, you got to give it to him. Now in retrospect, obviously I have egg on my face. So, I mean, look, Julius, I just think I thought the three, the biggest thing was the three point percentage for him. That was the biggest change in his game, as much as like the turnovers and stuff. But I, I thought Donovan Mitchell might have helped him a little bit. I'm curious if Brunson, like a true point guard, if that's gonna help him or not. We'll see. I was about um, to say it seems like we're gonna find out because it's uh, you know this episode is dropping Friday. Camp's gonna camp's gonna open on Tuesday, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll. Um, We'll see what happens. A couple more in the minute. I'll get you out of here. You mentioned Cam a few times. If you had asked me a couple of weeks ago, is Cam going to be on this team when camp opens? I would have. I would have said no. I would have said they would find a trade for him somewhere to a team, even if it was like somewhere they get back like one like a, one of those fake first round picks where it's like you know 
top 20 protected for one year and then it converts to like two seconds or so, you know, something where a team feels like, I don't know if that's there though, Jonathan. Well, So the fact that he's still on the roster, that's what I want to ask you. Should, should I be sitting here reading this as like, Oh, the Knicks aren't completely out on cam. They want to see maybe does someone get injured? Does he find his way into the rotation? Maybe something's still there. Or is it basically that like, there's just no market right now for a team that would be willing to value that his value went uh, down because the Knicks gave up a first for him. And there's, I don't believe there's a team that's given up a first for cam reddish, even like a a protected low level, something like that. I mean, (laughs) how many, how many protections can you put on? I think it's, you know, yeah, it would have to be so heavily protected. It's never going to, come to fruition. But I think even then, if you're the Knicks, why would you trade him at that point? Okay. Why don't you... Here's, here's a crazy thought. Play the kid. Here's a crazy, <laughs> There's here's a lot a of fans. A lot of fans. Like, your music, the, you know, preaching to the choir there. I, I just... I mean, it's going to be a little tough to play him now because you look at this team and, 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 and you know, Quentin Grimes has gotten minutes. But, like, I'll say this to Knicks fans... I would believe if if, Jay, if if Cam Reddish is still on this roster at some point, he's going to get in that rotation. And I say that because you can't trade a guy if you don't showcase him. You got to play well, him. Let's so let's talk about it for a second because you again you with when you were on with Bondi, you talked about how some people around the league maybe have questions about his drive to. I mean, I think the way you put it was like to fulfill his potential. For me, I have questions about like, well, if he, because he, when he came here, he had a press conference. He said, I see myself as a star. Is that a concern in and of itself where no. it's like, you know, do, do teams just want a, a guy who's going to be willing to accept a role that is more seemingly in line with what his production has been, which is maybe like a three and D with like some a little bit of creation upside. So I think that's like an issue. Well, but, I, well, I'll say this, Jonathan, that, that, there are some executives that feel he has this this raw talent, the size, uh, the skill with the ball, that it, it hasn't materialized yet. And, and, and uh, there are teams that always think, well, we can fix this guy. We can get it out of him. And it's like you saw with Golden State with Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. Well, sure. You put somebody in an ideal position, yeah. But um, I think with Cam... Uh, he hasn't shown he can shoot the ball consistently. He's he's been inconsistent. Even when he was at the end of his tenure with the Hawks, he'd have a couple thirty point games, and then in the playoffs, yeah, towards the yeah, very end, never, of it was never uh, consistent. And for the Knicks, like him with him coming and saying about being a star, yeah, I think he thought like he and RJ would kind of have this like tandem together. Maybe put him at the three, RJ at well, the two. And it never yeah. materialized that and, way. And Ian Bagley, who you know is a great reporter here for SNY, even reported recently that when Cam, I think maybe from when he first, either when he first got here or maybe towards the beginning of the summer, one or the other, there were some people within the organization that thought about like, hey, let's start him and RJ together. But now we're here. We just talked about Randall. There's not a market for him. Fournier. We don't need to talk about Fournier. It's it's pretty clear that there's no market for Fournier as you know, the reports were that they were going to have to, to include a protected pick to dump him in the, in the Mitchell deal. So like both of those guys are going to play some kind of minutes. You mentioned Grimes, you mentioned quickly. We, you know, RJ, you go through the list 
And then you basically get down to like, all right, for camp to play, it's like, I guess Derek Rose would be the odd man out. And like, okay, well, I know well, there's a lot of Tom fans. Thibodeau's dead body. Ex- well, th- again, you're uh, pre- preaching to the, I mean, preach really. to the choir here for a lot the of guy people. I was in his wedding. You think he ain't mentioned them? No, exactly. But that's what I, so, and then like right. I've said, well, play Rose a little bit, maybe build up his trade value. But then that brings me to the trade that went down today. Boyan Bogdanovich, a lot of people were, there was speculation that maybe he could net a first. What is he? He's a 33 year old expiring contract. He got traded for matching salary, you know, a little bit less matching salary. I, well, I say this. I, I, Do you think Derek Rose, there would be any kind of a market? Not a first round pick for Derek Rose, no. Okay. Well, there you, you go. Get, can you get seconds? Maybe one or two. Yeah. I know the Knicks going to do that again over Tom Thibodeau's dead body. I don't see. It depends where they're at. But yeah, like, you know, uh, circle back with me a couple of months into the season. Because always, because this is what happens, Jonathan. A lot of teams, um, and, and this could tie into Kevin Durant too. And I'll, I'll explain what I mean. So usually, NBA executives I, I talk to, there's usually like a, a waiting period once you start the season 20 games, 25 games. And you see where your team is at. And what they'll do is a lot of times the teams that are underperforming, they will circle around them like vultures and see if they're desperate enough to make a move. Maybe it's a job saving move because you got to remember now, a lot of executives are going away from the, oh, we're going to retool. Nah, you rebuild, you buy yourself time. Look at what the Orlando Magic did. Look at what the Indiana Pacers are doing now. Okay. Um, it resets the clock on your job as an executive. So that's where it's like, can you get future assets? Uh, with Boyan Bogdanovich, I think Andy Larson of the Salt Lake Tribune reported this, but they could have got first, but it would have took on additional salary. I, I do think they could have got a first for him, but okay. I don't that's know fair. what those I don't know what those future salaries would have been. But um, you know, I, I figured like, you know, Phoenix, you know, they were mentioned as a suitor and Jay Crowder's name. I figured they would try to throw Jay and an asset to get them. I'm not saying that happened. Just my thought, my okay. thought, me. No, nope. Ag- aggregators uh, take, take heed. Yeah, what, uh, you know, they're funny sometimes. But I mean, I do work at Hoops Hype. So it's like a lot of people, you know, if you don't see it in our rumor section, it's, it's not a real rumor. There you go. But that's a meme right there, too. too. But um, yeah, so I mean, I, I wasn't shocked. Like, well, actually, I will say this. I don't know. Like, to me, I was like, why, why are the Pistons going for Boyan Bogdanovich? Like, I, I, he's going to make them better. And I know he's an expiring contract, but I just, I don't know. You know, like, why are you stunting Sadiq Bey's growth? Um, you going to put him at the four? I don't see that like not good enough defensively for that. So again, I don't run these teams. I just report what's said, but I do have my opinions and I didn't get that one for sure. I, I, I think it's, it was an interesting move for a team, but even, even if you question the move, which I, I did too, I think a lot of people did for the exact reasons that you said, um, it's like, cause if you're the Pistons, you got one more really good tanking season in you probably, if you want it, yeah. don't you want to maybe take full advantage of that? But that's clearly not the direction they're going to go, but you know what? At least they have Cade Cunningham and they have Jay Ivey and Cade yeah. is again, Cade made whatever he made nine on, on that list. And I like Jalen Duran. I do, but I, I will say this too. Like 
If you're Utah, go replace one Frenchman with, a, with another. Rudy Gobert's <laughs> out. Get Victor Wembanyama. I'm sure that would be lovely for them. Uh, I, I will like, not, I, I, people ask me like, you know, about Bogdan. I, I tweeted this too, like, because we when we did on the, the Winners and Losers podcast uh, for Hoops Hype, um, boy, would we edit that if we could about the Celtics. Um, but <laughs> I, I would say that like, you know, everybody, all the rival executives are like, all right, Boyan's going to be the next guy traded. Now I'm looking at like Jordan Clarkson to me, um, you know, I, because if you're a team that's going to need a score to upgrade your bench later on in the playoffs, go get them. And don't, and I don't want to hear this whole, you know, oh, no, they're, they're all great veterans. They're good for the younger. <laughs> Listen, man, that don't help the ping pong balls. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Who, who are you so trying to develop on that team? You're not. You're going to draft them later on. You're going to draft them with, with your own lottery pick and all the future picks that you've been getting for Gobert and Mitchell. Like, looking ahead. Think ahead. That's my thought. Well, that's a good, that's a good place to finish up with this because, you know, we've kind of danced around it and you kind of touched on it at the top as far as, like, where the Knicks are as an organization right now and, like... If they've gotten Mitchell and yeah. retained some draft capital, which they again they clearly wanted to do, that's why they put Barrett in the trade talks because they wanted to retain as many picks as they could. Yep. Like you could you could see that being a direction. Now they didn't get Mitchell. They have what they have here. Do do you think you know? Again, you, you talk to people around the league. Do you think people just feel like all right, the Knicks are just going to go take the next? swing, you know, at the next, again, we talked about SJ, probably not going to happen. You know, Bondi mentioned Devin Booker on your, on your pod. I love um, Steph. I didn't get that one. I Well, maybe with, the, if the Sarver thing went a different direction, but now I, Sarver's you know, out. You're right. It, it didn't, it didn't materialize at that yeah. point, but, but Devin Booker, nah, I don't see that. Because so also if you're Phoenix, Chris Paul's not getting any younger. Devin Booker's your franchise guy. And yeah. I don't know what the future holds. You know, I know they re-signed Aiton. They matched, excuse me, the max sheet from Indiana. But it's like, could you tell me down the line they flip DeAndre Ayton at a certain point? Would I be shocked? My jaw wouldn't hit the floor. I'll tell you that. We'll see. I, I just think Booker's your franchise guy. I, 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 and I love stuff, but I, I just didn't agree. I told him on the podcast. I was like, I don't see that. I, and that's the thing. That's the problem, Jonathan. Like, I haven't done like a real deep dive on this. But th this would be for anybody, right? It's not just the Knicks. Like, who's the next guy that's a star? It's an all-star caliber guy that either wants out or a team is looking to move. I'm not putting Russell Westbrook in that plateau now, given where oh, God, he is. Please don't say that name. So who is it? I, I, I think I, there are names, but, like, they are imperfect names. Like, I think you can, you know, and... um. Uh, I forget who someone may have even said it on the spot, like the notion that things could go south very quickly in Washington and they within a year could look at it and be like, all right, let's reset. You know, let's see what we can get for Brad. Like I can see that happening. Yeah. But is that the is that the guy that you want to you right. know, he's going to be 30, whatever he's going to be, 30, 31 years old. Yeah. Like it's it's not about just getting a guy who has some all star teams on his resume. It's about getting. The uh, guy who's going to be in line with the age of your of your theoretical core that's remaining, although maybe that's not that important. 
the joke with Bradley Beal at um, at, at Vegas Summer League was when Mark Bartlestein did the contract, people were joking, um, did he get an ownership stake in uh, either the Blackhawks or the White Sox? Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. What am I saying? Uh, the Nationals, excuse me, the Washington yeah. <laughs> Nationals or the Capitals uh, in hockey. So I got a kick out of that. But I mean, there has been a loyalty there from Bradley Beal, for better or worse. Now, I also would say that, you, you know, you get the bag and then you figure it out. Ask, ask Ben Simmons, ask James Harden, ask Donovan Mitchell, ask anybody. That's the way the NBA now. You get paid and you figure it out later. Even with Zion Williamson, you know, it's like uh, people will look at that and go, all right, he just got extended. Yeah, and they can't trade him to a certain point. I don't, I'm not saying Pelicans do, but like, would it shock me if people tried to start that chatter up again from the outside? No. Because you just see it all the time. Everybody's on a clock. You know what gets me, Jonathan, too? I get people to ask me about LaMelo Ball putting pressure on the Hornets. I'm like, stop it. Stop it. What is he going to do? Pull up, like, what's he going to do? Pull up, like, I'm going to sign the qualifying offer or not. Like, you take the bag and then you figure it out later if you really want out. You don't lose the guaranteed money because you can't get more anywhere else. I, I like NBA Twitter is a. Oh, it's a fun place. It's a fun place sometimes. I so do I like would. Spaces, though. I, do, <laughs> I do like my spaces. I did one one spaces with Chris Persian and who, who does uh, good stuff for us. It's. I, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm waiting to go back into the to the pool. What, uh, I gotta tell you, Jonathan. One time, one Knicks fan on a spaces said to me, "Like, well, how do you? You know, they want to like ask you like all these questions and like." I'm just like, bro, like I, I do this with like, this is my 12th year, bro. Like I, you know, I just get a kick out of like some of the Knicks fans that it, it's like, they'll go on. I think space. every fan, every, it, I'll, I'll defend Nick fans for a second. I think every fan. No, that one. Things. No, that one particular. Most oh, of just the, the one, fans one person will ask me like, there's this guy, Big Mo. That, I don't know who um, that is. Wow. Should I know who that is, Andrew? I don't know who Big Mo is. I don't know. Big okay. Mo, Andrew's, Andrew's giving me this. this he's, I've been in some of his spaces. Like, he'll ask me, like, fine, like, thought provoking questions. It was just like this one fan. Sometimes I will say this there was like a spaces going every day when the Donovan Mitchell stuff was going oh, on, sure. like, heavy. And, then, yeah. and, you know, it was like, he's coming. He's coming. I'm like, I don't know. Um, Net Spaces was definitely uh, an interesting place with all the KD stuff. And the Lakers spaces was comedy every night. You think Russ gets traded before the season? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. And 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 I would say this, Jonathan. It it, it is like the reason I say that is because if the Lakers are willing to put both those picks, yeah, he's gone. But they don't want to do that right now. Mm-hmm. There's pl- no and no team that I talk to wants to take all that salary without trying to get those picks. And I mean, I had touched on it on Hoopside, but like Indiana wanted Taylor Horton Tucker too. And for the Lakers to take Daniel Tice, like they were trying to squeeze all the, 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 the juice out of the orange with little pulp left. So you need the pulp. Um, yeah. It, it, I, 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 because of those factors, I don't see it. Now, what I would say, Jonathan, is if you're the Lakers and you end up having Westbrook, you can either, you know, figure it out at the deadline or work. Like, I don't think anybody talks about this enough. This contract comes off the books. Go try to sign somebody next summer. Well, I, it'll it'll open up thirty if everything goes according to plan. It'll open up about thirty million dollars in space. You could get, you know, mm-hmm. some someone good for that amount of money. So, uh, 
we're belaboring the point. There is no obvious name. Um, I think that's like the next guy. I would assume executives yeah. around the league look at the Knicks as like they're just going to bide their time until that player becomes available. And in the meantime, continue to, you know, whatever, do whatever the, their version of, of treading water is. is that, would that be a fair estimation of, of, uh, of where people are at? Yeah, I, I, I would I would say that's fair. I think, you know, they're always going to be I, I just expect the Knicks to be a team that is going to be one of those teams that's, you know, mentioned as like they're monitoring player X, Y, Z. I'm sure you'll see a lot of that. OK. Where does I that think come? They've got to figure out. I think they got to figure out what they have with Randall Barrett and Brunson, to be honest. You've got to see what that looks like, and then you got to reevaluate and go from there. I'll ask you just because you brought it up, because like we see that all the time, and I think those sorts of reports drive. I know they used to drive me nuts, and they still do to a certain extent. Not because of the reporting, but because of just like right. you wonder, like if if I'm a fan and I'm reading the Knicks, are, let's say again, the Knicks are monitoring the Bradley Beal situation after sure. the Wizards have started off sure. um, making something up, ten and twenty. What should I? What should I, as a fan, take from that? That there, uh, there is the possibility they're looking into acquiring him. But 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 I think that's I equate that Jonathan to when a team says they're doing like due diligence on a guy. You make a call, you see what it was. Eh, all right, I'll get like back. Make to a it. call like, hey, yeah, are you still all in on him, or is he maybe yes. available? That type of thing. Okay. That's the way I look at it personally. Okay. That that's like, um, I don't know. Uh, that's like me monitoring a celebrity crushes like Instagram. Yeah. I looked to, you know, like, okay, sure. I look to see if she's single, you know? Sure. Any luck with that? I'm actually in a pretty, I, I got a good girlfriend right now. Okay. There you go. That's, that's, I can't complain. Um, you better say so good answer, Mike. I'm a happy man. Very good answer, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a I'm a happy man, brother. I you know good you girl. can complain, but you will not complain. That is the that is the what better way to put it. Ah, she's good. She don't give me too she, well, not to this point, too much of a reason, but that's like a knock on wood because it's like, you know, once you uh, well uh, circle back with me after the honeymoon stage. Let's talk closer to the let's talk closer to like the trade deadline when I got to be more like really <laughs> not like, after I, you've just signed the contract. You gotta get circled. Yeah, right. Like you uh, know, it's, it's all fine and dandy when you're going out to uh, to dinner over here in uh, in Cobble Hill, and then you know. But once it's time to hunker down in the winter, hopefully, and, hopefully it ages better than the the Julius Randall. Uh, <laughs> I'll just say that. Um, Mike, <laughs> Mike, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for I bro. I was looking forward to talking to you and you did not disappoint. Uh, for anybody who may not know, can you let the folks at home know where they can find you and check out your stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's like Biggie said, if you don't know, now you know. Um, <laughs> just go on Twitter at Mike A. Scotto. Mike A. Scotto, S-C-O-T-T-O, pronounced like the lotto, not Scotto. I get that sometimes and I kind of roll my eyes. Scotto. I've gotten that before. Um, really? But yeah, you can check out the Hoopside podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. And yeah, just, you know, you can keep up with my Twitter. That's that's me. It's the guy with the verified check and the clean cut face. That's me. Mike Scott, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. My pleasure, fellas. Thanks for having me. All right. That was fun. Love talking to Mike. I, I will never, makes me feel like I'm back home. 
in uh, in Staten Island whenever I talk to Mike. Uh, an accent, an accent that I've kind of left behind for the most part. Uh, and I, you, well, you, Andrew's giving me a look. You don't think I've left my accent behind? None. Did you ever have an accent? I've never heard it. Oh, well, that's uh, cause I've, I, that's cause I left it behind a long time ago. Was it like super thick? Are, is that a real question? Will you get, I lived on, Staten, and... I lived on Staten Island for the first 18 years of my life. Yes. It was a thick accent. So you were getting coffee and chocolate from the store or was it not? that? You know thick? what? You should do. I don't know if it's still this. This still happens, but through through my early thirties, for sure, this still happened. If you got me liquored up enough, oh, the accent wow. would really come out again. And um, after yes. party ideas, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, yes, I did. I did have one, but uh, we should stay uh, programming note. Yes. Uh, so well. I was about to say, so Nick's Media Day is going to be on Monday. We actually don't know if Nick's Media Day is going to be on Monday because they haven't announced it yet. It should be on Monday. <laughs> you would think. Most most teams that open camp on Tuesday, which is the first day that your most teams are allowed to open camp, um, most teams that open camp on Tuesday have Media Day on Monday. The Knicks have not announced it. We are assuming that it will be on Monday. Uh, the plan is for us to drop our next episode, episode with me and Jeremy, on Monday night, late Monday night, you know, going into Tuesday morning, something like that. Uh, yeah. So plan on that being the case. Uh, and I would say, even if for some reason they don't do media day on Monday, your the next episode will hit your airwaves again, late Monday, going into Tuesday. I think that's it. Anything that forget anything, Andrew? That's it. Everybody have a great weekend. Yeah. And by the way, I, I thank you. I saw, I, I, I know periodically I, I do a, a call for like a more, more forward call for five-star ratings and reviews. If you enjoy the pod, I think I did one recently and I got my, my email from the, the good folks at chartable. I don't know who signed me up for that, but thanks to whoever did that um, with several very nice reviews. So if you're a person who wrote a nice review, we really, I really appreciate it. And if you're someone who listens that um, is thinking about writing a review, feel free. They help us out, drop a rating, whatever. And that is it. We will uh, talk to you early next week. In the meantime, enjoy your weekend. Peace out. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. 
Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. 